is the 50th podcast episode live special. It's a long title. Thanks for joining in. I'm going to be going through your questions and hopefully as an appreciation for your following and for your support, we're going to give you a lot of value within this one. So first question I've asked being asked is around Gagars, what do you do around your Geski and Kirpan? Um, that's probably changed over time. Initially, when I was Thai boxing, I would be okay with keeping my Gagar on. You'd have to have something to cover your Gagar so it doesn't hit somebody in the head. But apart from that, you were pretty okay, especially if you're training with people in our own community, they were understanding of Gagars. There wasn't really an issue. I think when I went to train in other gyms, it was predominantly um caucasian and afro-caribbean people then obviously having a beard even at that point in time was a bit of a made you stand out let's say and having a turban especially and trying to train with that over time i feel like things have changed people have been more accepting there's a lot more diversity in gyms and there's a lot more uh gyms for different communities whether they be hijab wearing females or things there's a lot more around now uh compared to what there was 20 years ago, which is as long as I've been training in martial arts on and off. So it's been a long period of time. In terms of now, when I wrestle, I wear a scrum, a scrum hat, which is what rugby players wear. And you can keep your guard in your keski and then wear a scrum cap and you're okay. And you can even compete like that. I've competed like that and it's, I've not had any organization stop me from competing. So that's one way you can work around it. I have a neck knife as well, which I keep as a gurban, and I find that that's easier to train with, but that's just a personal preference for me. There's probably lots of things I could do in terms of Muay Thai, I could probably do with a gurban. Um, you know, Ranj is on here, Ranj is trained with a gurban, his brothers um, have fought with gurbans, so it has been done, Ranj has fought. It has been done by many people uh, and you can you can get around it if you really want to compete. For me, I really want to compete. I'm at my best when I'm competing and when I'm training and when I'm doing martial arts. So it's an important thing to me. So I will potentially compromise on a few things like when I train with Gore and um, when I train with Africa Beans, they, they won't be as accepting of things like Wenger Karpana and uh, with the star it easily gets knocked off. So unless you have something to secure it, you're going to probably have problems. Even with a Pataka, that's, that's an issue because it comes off quite easily when you're grappling. So either you have nothing, like you tie your hair, like if you just watch Jorge Masvidal with Kobe going to a really bad example, but he has long hair and they, a lot of people do this kind of um, cane row type thing where your hair can't come uh, undone. So that's one option. I know some people do that. Uh, the other option is is that you wear a scrum cap. I don't know many other options in terms of if you're if you want to do something where there's a lot of physical contact. But if you know any options, let me know. Um, Ranj said, even using Kierski as a gumrukasa tied around the waist. Yeah, I think that's a good option as well. And you can tie stuff into it, like you could tie a little kurban into it, a little ganga into it. That would work as well. And you've just got to work with what works for you. 
Personally, I think it's more important to find a gym, a good gym, not so much about what kakar you wear. Because if the energy is good and the vibe is good, and that's not the easiest thing to achieve in, 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 that, in martial arts, there's often, you go to a gym, they want to knock your head off, and there's that toxic culture within the gym. But if the energy is good, the people are good, the people are respectful, then it shouldn't be too much of an issue. But um, that's just my experience. It's hard to find a gym where the energy is good, the experience is good, people aren't trying to beat you up um, and show that they're better than you. I think there is always that ego with training and with martial arts. So it's not an, it's not an easy ask. I don't expect. Um, I know it's easier said than done. I'm trying to get your questions up. They're not coming up right now, unfortunately. Um, so someone else asked about training when you're older. I am older, so I can give good advice on that. There's a couple of things that you can do. One is you, you may need a lot more support than you used to. When I was 16 and used to train, you could do things and you could train to an intensity and your body would heal and recover. But when you're older, I think three days is probably the max you want to train per week if you're training more than three or four days you're going to start to pick up injuries the body just doesn't recover as quickly as it used to without without drugs and i i haven't taken any drugs and i don't intend to so i can't speak from that experience i can only speak from my experience there's some people who recommend creatine and and supplements and i've tried all of those but with martial arts you're you're getting uh, roughed up so much that creatine on its own doesn't really make much difference in my experience Yesterday I was um, I was doing judo and I got thrown. Well, I was throwing somebody, and they didn't move. So I turned and I face planted, and some skin came off my nose. Um, skin came off my feet from just when you're doing takedowns. Your your foot is getting mat burn from being um, uh, friction burns against the the mat. So when you're grappling, you get a lot of those type of injuries, a lot of necks getting cracked because you're getting slammed on your head or you're getting choked or cranked so with bjj and with wrestling and with judo there's there's a lot of injuries which creatine on its own isn't really going to do the trick um i actually result was uh have to kind of have to take ibuprofen sometimes to get through so if i've had if i know i've got three training sessions in the week and i've had someone really heavy land on my chest and it's feeling bruised and painful I, when I was younger, probably be okay by the Wednesday if I trained on the Monday and got injured. But by the time it comes to the Wednesday now, I'm barely, barely like any different. So in order to speed up that process, sometimes I do have to take ibuprofen, which is anti-inflammatory. It really helps with pain so you can continue training. And with a lot of experienced people, with a lot of experienced martial artists, like black belts, people that I've spoken to, they say that when you get back into martial arts, initially it hurts your body hurts a lot so i think you may need to just ride out the first month or eight week 12 weeks knowing that your body's going to be adapting and it's going to be the most painful and then it's going to start to get easier over a period of time as your body acclimatizes to the task and the exercise so that's kind of my take on on recovery there is supplements out there there's a lot of stuff you can take you can take protein to try and recover in terms of muscle to get less doms you can have creatine you can have omega-3 which is meant to have anti-inflammatory effects so that's an option as well and i probably do all of those and then there's also 
hot and cold. You can have hot baths, which are really great. Or you can, if you're brave enough, you can have cold showers or cold baths um, or ice baths. So I've done all of those. I think ice baths are a difficult habit to keep up, although they feel amazing once you do it. It really helps with inflammation and recovery. But really, the biggest thing when you get older is just time. You want to give your body adequate time to physiologically adapt and recover. So with any kind of, if you think of a fracture or a, or a muscle being broken down when you're doing bench press, for example, um, that, that healing takes time. If you just continue to train on the tissue that isn't healed, you're setting yourself up for injury. So it's really important to adequately rest. And I'm saying this to myself as much as anybody else because um, I have a tendency to overtrain. So on days where you feel like you want to do something, maybe it's advisable to mix it up and, and do something completely different. So if on one day you do wrestling, then on another day it's probably better to do something like swimming um, or calisthenics like press-ups, um, squats. You're still getting release of endorphins. You're still going to feel great from it. It's still going to be great for your mental physical health, but you're just not taxing the body in the same way repeatedly every single time. So that's that's kind of my take on recovery um martial arts that i do at the moment i do wrestling judo and bjj at the moment but i've done different things in the past i've done muay thai for about five years um recently i was doing muay thai and boxing i've competed in boxing in amateur days in when i was about 18 so a long period of time ago things were a lot different then there wasn't many up and competing at that period of time or, or even training um, in gyms at that period of time because it wasn't very welcoming of an environment. Um, so so that, that's kind of my experience. Um, I train BJJ in Southampton, a club called Checkmat BJJ. So check that out. It's a nice group of guys. Um, G morning, morning. So, But there's lots of clubs across the UK, Canada, US, India. You just have to find somewhere where the energy is good, the people are good, respectful, and then, you know, the sky is the limit. So something someone said to me which has really helped me is, don't worry about being good. When, you, when you're learning any kind of martial art, you don't have to think about, you know, you want to be Bruce Lee within a week. You just have to think about being consistent. So you want to train however many times a week, three times a week, twice a week, whether it's once a week, but you just want to be consistent. Um, don't be boom and bust go all out and then don't do it again for six months because you got injured or because it was such a negative experience so take rest when you need it and then enjoy it a bit of your routine so you, you continue going and you keep going so check my great thanks thanks brother um in terms of gears i'll answer that at the start of the live so if you go back um and you can watch the replay of that because uh, I don't know if there's anybody who's watching from the start. I don't want to repeat it. But some people are just gifted, like um, T-Sing, who's on this live chat, or was on this live chat. He's, you know, his, his dad was in training. His dad was competitive. So some people have, they're blessed. And I think with our community, there's a lot of really natural, good athletes who are very blessed. And I think it's important. It's our duty to keep that up. It's our duty to keep training. I just feel so happy when I train and when I wake up the next day, I just feel like I'm taking some drug, just feel just on top of the world. And it's, it makes me realize and it makes me remember that actually training is a really important part of our culture, our heritage, um, of our identity.
not just from a Sikh perspective, but from a male perspective, I think there's something to be said for the for that competitive, um, fittest survive type of mentality where if you look at if you believe in evolution and the theory of evolution, how it was um, natural selection. So somebody would select somebody who survived, who didn't get ill and die, obviously, and they would procreate and they would have children and then the next generation. And likewise, then if you accept that theory, then we have um, very strong genes potentially that have gone through hundreds and thousands of years of um, of weeding out the people who um, didn't survive through disease or through famine or were out were outrun by predators. So we potentially have, although we've deconditioned ourselves to a, a massive degree, um, this ability to be really good physically. Um, and I think it's a, it's a shame that people in their 20s now have back pain, have knee pain, have health problems, where really, if the body is designed, the average age um, uh, age of death now is 78. We think people are, are designed to be healthy for long periods of time, and you're getting people in their 20s who are getting sick. So what's going on with our, our lifestyles to, to, to create that? And I'm reading a book called Ikigai at the moment, which is about the Japanese, and they're looking at centurions and people who live beyond 100 years old. And one of the key elements is a simple lifestyle. So they, they spend a lot of time outdoors. They live very simply. Another key element is their diet. They eat very healthy and simple foods. Um, and another key element is uh, their purpose in life. So they, they find something that they're passionate about and then they continue doing it. And in that way, they don't want to retire. They don't want to stop um, and they don't want to die. So they look after themselves. They look after their health. So it, it's... Um, it all feeds back to it in, in each thing feeds back to itself. So it talks about good sleep habits that feeds into training. It's very difficult to train if you're not sleeping enough. Um, it's very difficult to sleep really well if you're not training hard enough because you're not your body's not getting um, used in the way it should be. So just some points on meditation, meditation on training. Sasigabadi, how you doing? long time yeah i haven't been working in clinics so i haven't seen a lot of people in a long time anyone got any other questions on training someone asked about um bodybuilding a question around traps and all that kind of stuff so i'll let the next guest who's a professional bodybuilder answer that question i've seen things with belts that allow you to put a small carbine into it and it's fully covered so it won't cause any harm. Yeah, that's an option. I think with a lot of things, like I work in the NHS and they probably, they, my team anyway, know that I'm a Sikh. But I don't, I don't know if they know about the five cards. They've never asked me about it. It took me about my last manager about four or five years before he, um, he either before he realised that I had a carbine on me or before he found out and then he asked me about it. So, People, if, it, if it's not impacting them directly, then they're probably not going to mind. If they can't see it, then they're probably not going to mind. Um, it's just more of an issue with misinformation. It, From an external perspective, it does look like someone's carrying a knife. And if you're going to a, a wrestling match or you're going to a wrestling training session carrying a knife in, in layman's terms, then they'll potentially have an issue with that. 
Um, and from a gym perspective, the health and safety and well-being of, of their patrons, the people who use that gym, they're going to be really concerned about that. So provided it's a non-issue, then I don't see why people can't practice their faith or practice whatever they want to do. Have long hair, short hair. Uh, let's see if anyone's got any more questions. In terms of proteins, probably a really common one that people ask about. I think having the smoothie a day is a really good shout. There's things like oats you can put in, nut butter. I have a, a, a lot of nut butter. Um, it's probably why I get so many spots. Um, there's, there's things like seeds that you can have. I like to add linseeds because they're meant to be good for lowering blood pressure. I have a family history of blood pressure. So I always put linseeds into my smoothies as well. Um, flax seeds, there's pumpkin seeds are a good source of protein so you can sprinkle some on top of your wheat specs if you have that there's lots of options in terms of um, vegetarian sources of protein there's protein shakes I personally prefer protein bars and the one I'm my favourite is Quest the cookies, uh, although they're a bit pricey so at the moment I have USN and they're cookies but they, they, they've got cream in the middle and uh, so it's a bit of cake slash cookie type thing so those are good and the benefit of those over a protein shake is they're convenient you can take them with it take them in your work bag and then if you get hungry you can have something which is low fat it's a gram of sugar and um, 20 grams of protein so there are lots of sources out there but they're natural sources my my favorite as opposed as, as well as the common just roti and dal and day is um, having smoothies so I'm probably getting 30, 40 grams in my smoothie and that's through nut butter, oats, soy milk. Um, I'll put some berries in there like blueberries, raspberries and a banana for the consistency of it to make it nice and smooth. And then I'll put some seeds in there as well. So really healthy, super food if you, if you consider the things that are in there. And um, it's a good way to get good calories in. You can take it with you so that you so have something that's healthy because if you rely on going to work or try to make something when you're tired and when you're busy it can be really difficult whereas if you have a habit of just making a smoothie in the morning and taking it with you then whenever you've got whenever you're hungry you've got that that food which packs a punch that's ready for you to have whenever you need it and it's going to give you all the nutritional value that you need and it's going to be healthy and cheap and all those types of things so some considerations in terms of protein um and then fluid in terms of hydration and water is is really important as well so if you're if you're going to the toilet and it's yellow then you're potentially dehydrated although there are some other reasons it could be yellow like supplements can do that as well or beetroot juice can make it red so don't worry if you're having beetroot juice and you pee red it's uh, probably just the beetroot as opposed to blood so there's a couple of things that i learned the hard way um anybody got any other questions on nutrition or training thanks again to everyone who's supported the podcast we are on episode 52 which is just mind-blowing it's just, it's been an incredible six months and i appreciate everyone um i think that's all the questions so main things are recovery and so the main thing for recovery is rest in terms of nutrition the main things for that is probably just finding a source of accessible protein that's easy for you whether that's a smoothie or whether that's a, a protein um, cookie or protein um, 
You can get protein cookies, you can get protein cakes, you can get protein brownies, all those are all options and they're all pretty affordable. I usually get them off Amazon. I think USN protein cookies, which are I, I think are nice, 20 grams of protein, one gram of sugar. And I think they come in a box of 12 and I think it's around 12 pounds. So much cheaper than buying anything from the supermarket and you've got it there. So whenever you're going to work or whenever you're hungry, you've got something that's nutritious, but also cheap. But remember, if you are having supplements, they're not a replacement for food. You still want to make sure that you're getting enough fruit and veg in your diet. You're getting enough real food because otherwise your gut's not going to be very happy and, and your general well-being and your general energy levels aren't going to be what you need. So as well as supplementation to get protein, you really want to make sure that you're getting enough greens now in terms of greens and and fruit and veg in general i, I tend to just go for bananas um because again you don't have to wash them you don't have to prepare them you can take a few in your bag and then if you're out and about then you can have like three bananas that's 300 grams of uh fruit and veg and the evidence strongly supports 800 grams of fruit and veg a day for preventing um things like heart disease cancer and diabetes so um that's some, some considerations in terms of your 800 grams of fruit and veg. Uh, 800 grams is a, is a lofty goal. Even though we're vegetarians, it's uh, very difficult to get that volume unless you're having things like sweet potatoes, which on its own, two sweet potatoes could be 800 grams, depending on the size. So uh, a mix of things like, say, two bananas, a handful of blueberries, a handful of raspberries would be 400 grams. And then you could get your other 400 grams from vegetables. The main thing is that you're eating real nutritious food that's going to give you energy, that's going to make you feel amazing, that's going to make you wake up full of energy the next day and be ready to train and be ready to uh, attack life and do all the things you need to do. If you're not fueling your body, I often use the example of a, of a Ferrari or a Maserati. If you had a car that was worth that much, you would put the best petrol in it. You wouldn't put vegetable oil in it. But we put so much rubbish into our bodies. So just... My my binti is to stop eating fast food, stop eating, stop eating out. I think if we just stop eating out and do that one thing, we're going to make ourselves and our families a lot healthier. Um, so that is my little soapbox rant on on nutrition. So we talk about training, we talk about protein, um, and we talk about training when you're older. So hopefully that helps. Let me know if you've got any questions. Otherwise, we're going to end this live chat with a big thanks again, getting to episode 52 in a short period of 60 uh, in a short period of six months which is phenomenal so want to give a huge shout out to um everyone who's supported the podcast and everyone who's listened to this as well and everyone who's just engaged with any post that meal dash and core have put out engaged with any of the basic stuff engaged with any of um any of the things that are being put out there now the negative the the internet can be a very negative and very toxic place and anybody who's doing anything to spread positivity and to not do nindya, then I think that's an amazing thing. And I think we should support that. So whoever it is out there, if you're supporting them and they're doing positive stuff, then um, then kudos to you. Okay, so with that, I will say, Vaibhuti ka khalsa, Vaibhuti ki fate.